0: Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum What might right you? I mean, no, no, it's not, is it a time shot, but... A man who's born, he's a man of needs Then it comes to they you But they ain't nothing but to, to change, change, But they got different strokes it takes Different strokes it takes Different strokes to move the world Everybody's got a special kind
1: The following presentation is rated X for Extremely Stupid. There is no nudity, no graphic violence and no sex. The boot will probably get lots of things wrong and Dino will see the word shit, piss and fuck a lot. Hello and welcome to the Totally Insane Tape Show. The podcast that talks about the hits, the shits, but most importantly the tits of the movie world. I'm the street trash talking homeless bum Dino Peppers... I'm joined by his holiness, the almighty Lord of Hell.
0: It's me, it's Beaulamont. You are evil. I've been told.
1: we're going to start this week with a little game uh, last week uh, some people may have noticed Boo's mix up between Robert De Niro and Al Pacino alright they're not the same guy I was wrong ok I'm going to give you five films you have to tell me which one starred Al Pacino <sighs> which one starred Robert De Niro ok, okay. Donnie Brasco
0: De Niro <laughs>
1: Insert family Fortunes. Oh well, yeah.
0: oh, 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 fuck Donny Brasco. It's an <laughs> alright movie. i, I, I they're crazy for it though. Can
1: okay. of comedy?
0: Billy Crystal. Uh, Pacino. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh for two. Okay. What? Ode for two. O for two. None right so far. Oh, right. I thought that was the name of the film. No, no, no. no. I'd missed over for One.
0: <laughs> that's that's, the, that's the, the, the prequel.
1: It's not worth watching. <laughs> Heat. Uh, both of them. Correct.
0: Yeah, you see, I've seen that.
1: Devil's Advocate. Pacino. Correct. I Correct. knew it.
0: I know, I know that one because uh, that's got tits in it, and uh, and um, Keanu Reeves.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. two. Um, yeah, I'm, t- I'm done, ten. two out of four. Yeah. Come on, bring on
0: the last one, bring on the decider. Okay.
1: If you get this right, you win. Um, <laughs> Is that what do? what do you got? Um, you, you win a tenner. <laughs> if you don't get it right, you get your bus fare home. Okay. Any given Sunday.
0: Is that the American Handegg movie?
1: Yes. <laughs> There's a lot riding on this. De Niro. <coughs> you and your bus fare home.
0: Yeah, eat that motherfucker. See, I do know the difference between Pacino and um, the other fella, De Niro. No, okay. you and your bus
1: fare home, not the tenor. I was wrong about that as well. You was wrong about any given son that as Pacino. fuck's sake. <laughs> so who was Scarface then?
0: Jeremy Irons in The Lion King. No, that was Scar. I think I'm on the wrong podcast.
1: <laughs> Adjusting to your night shift, well, there.
0: Is this real life? Uh, is pretty much what I come out every morning and say. Yes. That the, the the truth is, I do now do night shifts uh, in my regular in my in my normal day job, and I'm not a uh, a, a street walking superhero, a podcast presenter.
1: You're a man of the night.
0: I'm a man of the night. Any good jobs at night? Uh, Hand.
1: Blow. blow. <laughs> so let's get to the point, shall we? <clears throat> yes, let's. Okay. Have you seen any good films recently? I. That don't star Adam Sandler.
0: Oh no, not really. No, um, I, I I saw a film at the cinema last week that I quite enjoyed, and I saw a film the other week which I haven't seen since it came out in the cinema in the early nineties. And um, how I not rewatch this film is a crime. Um, uh, I will talk at length about it uh, in, in, in in due time, my friend. In due time. So yourself, have you seen anything decent? Decent? None. No. No. <laughs> I can see it on your face the pained expression
1: I I did the mistake of uh, just clicking on a couple of links and going for some horror films which don't really appear in like any other feeds for like no Netflix I haven't got them all and that's always a bad sign because they carry a lot of shit these days they will carry
0: anything Um, yeah yeah. they do a lot of the sci-fi channels movies and uh, I think they had a couple of the asylum pictures are you aware of the asylum Pictures. Oh, yes. You know, like, trans, trans-changers instead of Transformers, and snakes on a train instead of snakes on a plane. Um,
1: the Civic Room one they did. Yeah, th- yeah like... Uh, Oceanic Room. Yeah, and uh, then
0: they had... Apparently they did do a good one once called I-Omega, which is um, an amalgamation of the Omega Man and I Am Legends when that came out. Apparently it's one of their better efforts. I Am Omega. That's probably not worth watching,
1: No, of course not. Like, even their best is still, like, someone else's worst. So coming up soon on the Totally Insane Tape Show, an Asylum film special. Oh, please, come on.
0: (laughs) I told you, I'm working nights, man. I deserve
1: this. (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll start off, anyway, with uh, Luster. Um, This is a film about a guy who's a guard designer who's seemingly unhappy with his life and always tired. He notices a few beings being moved around that he doesn't know... Why it's been moved or who's moved it he starts blaming other people for it but then after buying some CCTV cameras he finds out it's him that's moving it and he's living a double life during his night
0: that sounds exactly like an episode of American Dad I watched the other week
1: or Fight Club
0: the, the, yes Fight Club um, without spoiling too much for, for people that haven't seen like a nearly 15 year old movie
1: 15 you want to bet how old that is now
0: when did Fight Club? <laughs> we we actually had a complaint from a fan of ours saying that we've come across as sounding like a pair of old bastards because we're always going, oh, are you really that long ago? Oh, Fight Club, remember Fight Club? Oh, everything was easier in the late 90s. Um, life, was a lot more, life was a lot simpler then. <laughs> go on, what year was Fight Club?
1: 98?
0: 99. Hey, there yeah, you 15 go. 15 years, yeah. Bam! I may not know the difference between Robert... D- Pacino and Al De Niro, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Albert De Niro. Hoo-ha!
1: <laughs> so yeah, that, that's pretty much the plot of it. It's, it's kind of a shitty Fight Club. Okay.
0: okay, so is this is this other him like a really cool, laid back, uh, better looking kind of uh, <laughs> guy? Yeah, it, la
1: Tyler Durden. Kinda, yeah. He's like the bad boy version of him. He goes out and threatens people because he's obviously insomniac he falls asleep during the day so he comes out during the day as well and he does stuff you don't actually see in the film you kind of guess what happened
0: do they do like the Fight Club thing where like there's little allusions uh, uh, it alludes to the fact it's like um, there's lots of little things in Fight Club where you if you rewatch it with the knowledge that he is Tyler Durden mm. you can actually make out that he is talking to himself it's like when he's on the phone to Marla um there's a scene where she's taken an overdose and he has to go round there and uh Tyler Dad's a fucking her, but it's um there's a sign on the phone that says no outgoing calls. No no incoming calls, sorry. And mm. he's got an incoming call and it like kind of alludes to the fact that he is nuts.
1: No, it doesn't have any of that. The thing is he finds out that he's living a double life like fifteen minutes into the film.
0: Oh, so it's not the big reveal at the end?
1: No, it's like it's right up front. This is what's happening, and you, he, the night version of him tells the day version of him to stay out of his way and don't say anything. <laughs> I will cut him. off my own dick. Stay out of my way. <laughs> but Yeah, he starts hurting the people in his normal life, but you know how it's going. It's really, it is like a shitty fire club. Okay, that, yeah. that that's not like a massive. How is it? It's
0: I. It's like a shitty Fight Club.
1: <laughs> it's got like loads of people in that are in things in like American TV shows that you sort of half recognise. There's some really bad accents in it. Um, there's a horrible voiceover explaining stuff, and then you get to the ending. Which do you want a spoiler?
0: This is not a spoiler for the show. we give I've just told them that Tyler Durden is actually uh, you know the the, the guy. Yeah, Amber the
1: ending makes it a bit more interesting where he does all the things the bad version of him asks him to do is like get rid of bodies and chop people up and then at the end bit the good guy who lives during the day is like the really meek guy you're cheering for throughout the film allows the guy during the night to take over during the day so they swap roles and the end scene is just him having sex with all the women in his life Bada bing so it's like the bad guys always win which Kind of interesting, but I, I, you have to sit through the rest of I the was,
0: it. I was saying, oh, uh, here's his contractually obliged mention. I was talking to David Davis of the Milking podcast, available everywhere else, um, that about the TV show The Outer Limits, and I was saying how it was a great example of show uh, of stories with bad endings, hmm. and they always used to have like the, the dark ending or the, the bad ending where the bad guy would win. And I prefer those endings because I'm so sick of the. The standard, which is, you know, the good guy triumphs over evil. Sometimes I like evil triumphing over good, and it's, got all, it's all about balance. I like bad endings. I I've, I've, um,
1: It probably is like an Out of Limits Twilight Zone episode where it's like you <clears add throat> the parallel universe where he's having a conversation in the mirror with the bad version of him, and in the end they swap over.
0: Kind of like a, kind of yeah. like a dark, shitty, quantum leap. He looks in the mirror, it's
1: not the person he sees. But it's exactly the same person, and in the end all he does is shave his head and drive a motorbike. And suddenly, he's having sex with all the girls. Wow, that makes him a bad boy. That's why I shaved my head.
0: <laughs> oh, you should go to the emergency room. You don't look too good. Oh! All you had to do was turn a blind eye. You do your thing, and I do mine. But no,
2: you had to get curious. <laughs> Now look at you! You see, Tom, there's nothing, nothing that I won't do to get my way. I'll kill you! I'll kill you, Abby!
1: Anyway, that's the first of my list of um, terribleness I saw. So, so, you want to jump in on one?
0: Yeah, um, this week, uh, last week, at time of recording, uh, I went and saw the new Godzilla movie. I just wanted to check it out. People have been talking about it. <clears throat> um, it got some fairly decent reviews, um, and I—I I, straight out, I really liked it. I really like what they've done with it. It's much better than the '90s version, I believe '95,
1: '96. So. That's not really hard, though, is it? No,
0: it's not hard at all. But um, it kind of makes it okay for America to be allowed near Godzilla again. It was—I um, I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> Brian Cranston was really good uh, again. There are no... this this spoiler. It's not a spoiler for his own. He dies fairly early on in the film and I was very disappointed because I wanted more Brian Cranston. There's been a lot of um, complaints that you don't see enough of Godzilla on the screen. But there is another monster called the Muto, which is um, like a spidery thing that feeds off electricity and that kind of thing. And it's a really cool-looking monster. They're very well designed. He's caught on the screen for like a lot of the movie... And um, it obviously builds up to the big ending. And um, they actually made me feel for Godzilla. I don't know how, but during the course of the film, I started to really care about the, the Godzilla monster. And at the end, it, it looks like he's died fighting this Muto. And when it starts breathing again, the crowd, there's a, the crowd of survivors start cheering. And I was like, yeah, go, Godzilla. But um, there's a couple of bad performances. I mean, not all the acting's good. Um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson does not make a convincing lead um, Ken um, Watanabe who's in a load of really good films uh, was yeah he was fine in it um, I would recommend this actually I would say fuck the naysayers The Godzilla isn't seen on screen that much but it's
1: that's like having the monsters up front though isn't it
0: but the thing is they do have out, out of the two monsters they have the Muto out front and centre loads and Godzilla is th- like the defender of the earth not the, the Flash Gordon cartoon um, and th- that is his role he you know he, he brings equilibrium and um, when he does make an appearance it is awesome
1: and um so it's not just humans versus Godzilla the it's not humans versus
0: Godzilla it's humans working out that they've got to work with Godzilla there's a point in the film where the humans attack Godzilla because they don't know what else to do, and I was like, "No, no, you do not attack Godzilla humans. Stop firing those rockets at him um but I'm really glad that the trailer does from all the trailers I saw it gave very little away. Mm, you were led to, I thought
1: Brian Cranston was in it quite a bit
0: and you also led to believe that um he's like Godzilla versus the humans that's a very small rock that's a very, very, very small aspect of the mm. film. The majority of the film is them trying to deal with the Mutos and um then the big monster fight at the end the the, the just yeah really enjoyable uh, as mentioned on a previous other podcast chewing gum for the eyes just just an enjoyable monster romp and um definitely interested to see what they do with the sequel um especially since it kind of does all wrap itself up nicely and godzilla swims away and um yeah, I'd be open. They're, they've already planned a two and a three. I'd be open to watching them. It's
1: been really so, well. It's been really well received. So the film is—you can compare it to recently was Pacific Rim. Yes, Have you seen that one? I loved Pacific Rim because that one's got monsters and robots <coughs> all up front. That is kaiju's versus giant
0: mechs. I mean, when Guillermo del Toro first announced what Pacific Rim was going to be about, I must admit, I got a major nerd boner. I just thought, wow, m- millions of dollars. Great special effects. I know I always go on about loving digital, um, uh, so practical effects versus digital, but I could happily watch... Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to do practical effects on that one. It? Yeah, it would be very hard to do <laughs> practical effects. <clears throat> I know with a lot of the internal robot-y stuff in Pacific Rim, they did do practical effects, but obviously the outside stuff is all CG. Um, but I uh, out, ooh, out of the two, they're, they're two very different films. They're very different films. The... Pacific Room is more sci-fi y uh, whereas um, with Godzilla, it is more just like a standard story. But it just happens to have monsters fighting in it. But yeah, highly. I I always say highly recommend. Maybe not highly recommend, but it's definitely worth an hour and a half of your time. So I I, check out. I check out
1: Godzilla. Check it in the cinema or wait till
0: home. Um.
1: Because there's a th- lot that would come away from it if you go see it in, say, the IMAX or even like on a big screen, good sound system.
0: It's the sounds, it's the noises, it's Godzilla's scream it, it's um g- uh, and growling, and the noise of the mutos, and yeah, I think it's going to lose something in the home market. Um, so I would definitely check that out while it's at the cinema. I mean, the floor was shaking when Godzilla was was making his noises, and that's that that's cool. That's cool. It, it was cool. I want to talk
2: to somebody in charge you are not fooling anybody when you say that what happened was a natural disaster you're lying it was not an earthquake it wasn't a typhoon because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there
1: Okay, we're going to go from something with a really big budget to something with a tiny budget. This is another one of those horror films I found. And this is a Cabin in the Woods film. Which, have you seen Cabin in the Woods by Joss Whedon?
0: I've definitely and, seen Cabin in the Woods. I yeah. love Cabin in the Woods. And Drew. Drew his name's left my head completely. Drew Goddard. Thank you. Who is the director. Um, Joss Whedon just worked on the story and acted as kind of like an executive producer put your name in there. Fantastic movie. Mm.
1: <clears throat> well, this essentially, it does all the cliches of that. So, yeah, you think after that film you stop doing those Cabin in the Woods films before four just go off to go camping in the woods. What's the appeal, really?
0: No, after camping, in the Woods. Would you go?
1: No, what? I mean like actually going to Camping in the Woods.
0: I would need to go with a jock, a virgin, and a slag because uh, I'm probably giving away a bit much, but I'd probably be that skeevy stoner guy. (laughs) I'd end up surviving, but like, God knows how. And then, and also that never ending supply of weed they appear to have. Like, where does that never ending supply of weed come from?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, you just described the entire plot. Of course I did. uh, That is Zellwood Deadly Weekend, as it's always known. Zellwood Deadly Weekend. Well, Zellwood was what it was advertised as Deadly Weekend is what it's online because I couldn't find anything with sell wood on it yeah it's uh, the Cabin in the Woods thing for teenagers teenagers yeah, funny ears played by
0: 20 to 30 year olds yeah
1: one of them being a playboy funny
0: so she was a teenager and she got a kit off we'd all be getting done for uh, yeah Ralph Harris
1: essentially it <laughs> does uh,
0: sorry <laughs> childhood ruined Can you tell what it is yet? It's my cock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, the four kids go off to the forest or the woods to go some camping at the end of their senior year or whatever fucking thing the Americans do. Uh, It hits all the cliches, all the stereotypes, um, but it starts doing the whole... um, Oh, isn't this film terrible? And it's ironic in the opening scenes what they do—like a torture porn start to the film. It's like two girls getting off with each other with a guy tied up to the bed, and then the one of the girls knocks out the other girl and pulls out a big set of bolt cutters. It's possibly the most uh, painful couple of minutes in the film. Bolt carters, guys sort of tied up onto the bed. Oh no. Yeah. And we're she, talking we're talking
0: dickless here.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Extreme circumcision.
0: Ew. Yeah.
1: And that happens at the start of it, but then it cuts away to the characters in the film and they're watching the film. And they make fun of the fact that the film's so gross and disgusting. It's like so they're making a commentary on the fact that it's gonna be one of those films. Stick around, folks. It's going to be one of those movies. But like I say, after you've seen Cabin in the Woods, there's no point doing these films anymore. And the film just chugs along for 40 minutes, doing absolutely nothing apart from sort of fan service camera angles with the Playboy Bunny. Okay. And then it gets to the end, and it actually gets quite good. Because there's a twist in it which you don't fully see until it gets to the point where the twist comes along and you go, oh, I can see what's going on here. So very
0: much like Cabin in the Woods where at the point I knew nothing about Cabin in the Woods going in and when that twist happened yeah I, I fucking loved that movie mm. so maybe I will enjoy this
1: one. <laughs> yeah, but I'd leave out the first 40 minutes which leaves about 30 minutes of the film.
0: I can, I can deal with a half hour.
1: Yeah. It just gets to the end and it's like oh, this is quite good but the rest of it's just horrible. It's worth watching the last half an hour maybe and the first five minutes
0: probably the closest thing we'll get to a, to a, to a second cabin in the woods then because obviously like no I wouldn't put it in that Gary. no <laughs> no
1: <laughs> so, no it's one of those brainless things you bought and it's like mm, good start decent finish just there's a big wedge in the middle where it's just
0: it's a cliche horror film about watching a cliche horror film in a cliche
1: horror film but that's just the first five minutes the rest that, is just having conversations between teenagers and having relationship issues and shots of Playboy Bunny's asses, which is quite nice but then the internet was created for that kind of thing
0: yeah obviously cat pictures pictures of vaginas and um,
1: yes so Zellwood Daily Weekend if you see it online check out the first five minutes then skip forward till half an hour before the end because you don't miss anything.
0: No, it sounds yeah. interesting. Mm. I'll check out Zellwood just as a, as a fan of Cabin in the Woods and cliched horror films like The
1: Evil Dead. I mean, yeah. If you go into it, I think it's going to be a cliche. Then that's fine. Yeah. But then like I say after you've watched Cabin in the Woods, it's like why are you people are still making these films? Fucking do something original. Someone's owned it. <laughs> At that point, you do something else. Let's just remake Evil Dead, shall we?
0: Oh, sorry they did that. Again? Fuck.
1: Two couples on a weekend getaway.
2: To enjoy one last trip together before life takes them away forever. They will go deep into the glades, where no one ever ventures. Their passions will be ignited. Old wounds will be opened I jealous. <laughs> and lives will
0: be lost. Well, from horror onto just a film that I just, I just loved. Um, we were talking about a movie you saw called Terrorvision. Yeah, a couple of weeks back, a couple of episodes back. Even. And I mentioned a film that I thought was called Remote Control which had a guy going into the TV and, and going from station to station and I couldn't remember the name of it. I, I, I called it Remote Control. Lovely fan of ours. Uh, uh, messaged and uh, said was it Stay Tuned you were thinking of? Yeah, he's a big fan. He is a big fan. Um, big. He loves love you. And, and uh, he sent those nice pictures. I, yeah, those are private. I opened them, sorry. And, I know. And I'm, and I'm sorry you had to see them. Um, <laughs> but yes, so um, he said, was it Stay Tuned? <laughs> it's the motion in the ocean, buddy. It's the motion in the ocean. Um, yes, so he said it was Stay Tuned. So I went back and found a copy of Stay Tuned, and oh my God, it was fucking awesome. Uh, John Ritter, may rest in peace. Um, and Pam Dorber, who didn't go on to do that much... Um, Eugene Levy, of course, um, probably famous to our generation as um, the dad from American Pie. And uh, the wonderful, well, I can't say wonderful, unfortunately, anymore, because it came to light that the gentleman's private life was a bit fucked up. Uh, You may remember him as Principal Rooney from Ferris Bueller, but it also stars Jeffrey Jones. He was in um, Beetlejuice... And was unfortunately uh, caught, for lack of a better word, how to make this PG, but not PG. Doing a role, Ferris? Yeah, he liked little boy's bottoms. Oof. Um, yeah, I it, a shame. So I'm not going to big him up too much, but we're not we're not talking about his private life, we're talking about as an actor, and I mean, he's a, he was in a lot of Tim Burton movies, as I said, he was in Ferris Bueller.
1: Ed the Duck. Oh, yeah, Ed the Duck.
0: Yeah, Ed the Duck. <laughs>
1: Obviously, Howl the Duck. Yes, he was in how the Duck. And um, we doing it now.
0: <laughs> and there was me thinking you were taking a piss.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Is He's that... obviously in Deadwood. So, he was in how the Duck, Ferris Bueller, Beetlejuice, Who's Harry Crumb, Hunt for an October. Jesus. He was the amazing Chriswell in the Edward. Again, Tim Burton, though.
1: What we're saying here is you cannot watch any of these films ever again.
0: Yeah and enjoyed his, his acting to be fair to him though even though he was in Sleepy Hollow and Ravenous and stuff like that he was also in Doctor Dolittle 2 so in a way he's he's kind of getting what he deserves Um, I digress stay tuned it's a film from 1992 uh, it's about John Ritter as a uh, telly addict, a bit of a couch potato and he is given a uh, a special remote control this is starting to sound like that Adam Sandler movie click um, he's given a remote control uh, that he can, and a satellite in his garden that can see any TV station in the world, kind of thing. Uh, he gets sucked into the TV through magic, and it turns out that the devil and God have been made have made a deal, um, whereas the devil can use this TV as a form of contest. Uh, if they survive uh, all the channels, uh, they get to to live and get to keep their soul. Um, And uh, if not, they go down to Hades, uh, to the hell itself, for um, Mr. Satan. I completely forgot about this subplot. When I saw it at the cinema in 1992, I would have been 10 years old. I forgot about the whole subplot about the devil and God. Uh, To me, it was just about a guy getting sucked into TV. Now, the, the, the thing that appeals to me most about this film is that it parodies TV and films and music from the early 90s. They had some really awesome parody stuff in it. Um, they had Three Men and Rosemary's Baby, um, obviously a parody of Three Men and Baby. They had a, a sketch in it called Dwayne's Underworld, which was a rip off of Wayne's World, Saturday Night Live. live. Um, they had like a uh, they had like loads of different adverts, um, like driving over Miss Daisy, Northern Overexposure, which was a piss at Northern Exposure, um, Murder She Wrote, which became Murder She Likes. But like just loads of really funny things that, that refer back to that time uh, of oh, the Fresh Prince of Darkness. So the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, that was a good one, and uh, featured uh, Rapak Salt and Pepper. Um, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, there was aspects of everything in it that I liked. So it had parody. There was a there was a wrestling bit in it. This is one for the wrestling fans. John Ritter really understood the business. He. um... He tag, he's, there's a scene where his wife and him have been sucked into the into a wrestling TV show and they've got to wrestle these two demons, basically. And John Ritter gets the shit kicked out of him, finally makes the hot tag. That's to the non-wrestling fans where he tags out to his partner, uh, whose woman, his wife even, and she comes in and clears the house. And they win. When they get their arms raised, John Ritter is still selling his injuries. Okay? <laughs> so they go from channel to channel. A there's a... <laughs> There's a bit, there's an animated bit, um, which is like a Tom and Jerry parody, and of course at the end of the day, uh, the kids have to uh, save their parents, and it's just a really awesome, it's like a dark Honey shrunk the Kids. It's like, uh, yeah, it was of the time uh, Adam's Family movie came out, there was loads of kind of spooky goings on, and this was just a really good kind of example of that early 90s cinema. I think The Burbs came out the same year as that, if you remember the Tom Hanks movie, but it just has so much going for it. I I, I fucking loved it. And um I plan on watching it again very, very soon. I mean I really, really enjoyed it. Like far more than I really thought I would. So that all came from a conversation about television. You know, and I still haven't watched that. I need to get down on that. But like through that, just being reminded about stay tuned was awesome. Highly recommended, as I say on this show all the time, (laughs) but seriously this time, highly recommended.
2: Sorry to disturb you at this hour, but I have something you want. A new TV? It broadcasts programs no one had ever seen. Wednesday at nine, don't miss an all new episode of The Silencer of the Lambs. Then one night, Roy and Helen Nable got sucked in and discovered that hell
1: is one TV show
2: after another.
1: That uh, also reminds me of uh, the film Click, as you said. Adam Sandler, we did a special last week. If you haven't listened to it yet, check it out. Uh, I watched Click uh, a couple nights ago. Yeah, it's pretty good. Did you
0: like it? Yeah. What did, what did I say? The best bit? The best bit was the best bit. The bit where he slaps and farts in the face of the Hoth.
1: I got really caught up on the Henry Winkle bit. Yeah, that was kind of mm, um, it was did, b- a, a lot more than I was expecting. Did I mention
0: of. on the on the Adam Simon show that I saw this biography yeah. special? Yeah, and like, yeah, Sandler's dad died before they made Click, and Henry Henry Winkler was so touched when he asked him to play his father that he he knew he had to do a good job. And when he goes up to the desk, it's you know I know it's a man. I know what the trick is, Dad, and the dad yeah. just goes off and dies. I'm not going to get too personal. I didn't really have a father figure growing up. Um, but I would have wanted it to have been the Fonz. Like, seeing that. And uh, it was a be- that it was a beautiful thing. And um, click balance is a fine line. Like, it is emotional, but it is meant to be a comedy. And, of course, you can't have a film like that without uh, Christopher Walken. In a movie... About a remote control.
1: This <laughs> <laughs> is the Totally Insane Tape Show, the premier movie, wrestling and pedo podcast. <laughs> Stay tuned for some adverts. <laughs> uh... Hey kids, sorry to interrupt this great show but uh, I need to shield my shit um, I'm Damien Davis, uh, one host of the Milking It podcast, a weekly podcast that tugs the teeth of popular culture until it explodes all over your face We like nothing better than a natter on whatever's been going down Do you, do you like Batman? Do you, do you like wrestling? Do you, do you like TV shows or gaming? Do you like movies? Of course you like movies otherwise you wouldn't be listening to these guys right? Well, we'll, we'll join us on the Milking It podcast every week on iTunes or via Facebook.com forward slash Milking It Become a milkster, jump on board and together with myself, Boo, and Jay, we can take a peek at the week of geek. Join us on the Milky It Podcast. Following is brought to you by 8o'clockcomics.com, the home of really mature comic
2: books.
0: Oh, hi, Tommy. What's up? Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with this world. I'm sorry to hear that, mate. What happened? You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Oh, shit, man. She was so sexy in that red dress as well. Well, never mind. Come and give your old pal Booty a big hug. Don't right. touch me, motherfucker. Okay, sorry. Um, Well, I, I know what will cheer you up. How about I tell you all about 8 O'Clock Comics? <laughs> Good thinking. 8 O'Clock Comics are the makers of fine comic goods. They sell commissioned art, t-shirts, original prints, and, of course, it's home to the Devil Dolls. <laughs> so... What do you say we grab some cocktails, get a little bit pissed and go to 8oClockComics.com and buy some crazily cool shit? I'm tired. I'm wasted. I love you, darling. Oh, man, I love you too. Better get some food in you first, then. You think about everything. <laughs> I know I do. Let's go eat, huh? I'm so happy I have you as my best friend.
1: 8oClockComics.com. Uh... They draw stuff.
2: Alright, people. This is your mate Stel, host of the great football podcast known as Shoot the Defence. Join me,
1: John, Andy, Mike, Stuffy, and whoever else can be bothered to appear every Thursday night at 10:30 PM. Mixler.com forward slash Shoot the Defence. We're informative, opinionated, sometimes controversial, and have one or two face palm moments.
2: I have a dream. for <laughs> 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 me.
1: We're on iTunes, Stitcher, ah, and we have our
2: own website, ShootTheDefense.com. Shoot The Defense. Play on.
1: Join Josh Armo and Todd Eastman every Friday for Wrestle Radio Australia. Covering WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and Australian Pro Wrestling. Exclusive interviews including Buddy Murphy, Adam Pearce, TV legend Rose McManus, and many others. Download for free on iTunes or Stitcher and stream us on the TuneIn Radio app. It's Australia's resting broadcast. It's Wrestle Radio
0: Australia.
2: An ancient evil that feeds on the sick and demented which once haunted videos that were rented are back to turn the blood to ice of all of those who own a personal digital device. On VHS, DVD and Blu-ray too in your pants it may make you do a cruel. Therefore celebrate and rejoice Peppers and Lamont they tell tales of films you should and should not want. The Totally Insane Tape Show is something you should not fear. Listen to it with some food snacks and a beer. To find it, go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Tune in Radio. No excuses to these sites. You must go. And to find out whence the evil comes from, go online and look at com. <laughs> and we're back from the adverts
1: if you'd like to sponsor the totally insane tape show get in touch at totally insane tape show at gmail.com or contact us on twitter at tit how good was that horror advert that guy's voice was spooky as fuck yeah you. <laughs> do you do something work for us uh,
0: yeah let's do it let's I'm take going serious
1: <laughs> okay um, one i have to mention um, before I get into something good actually nurse 3d Hmm. no I watched it in 2D I don't know if this um, ruined the effect really of the 3D part of it but yeah I had to consult Wikipedia for the actual hypnosis for this one Um, and it said uh, by date Abby Russell is a dedicated nurse But by night, she lures cheating men to their brutal deaths and exposes them for who they really are. Oh,
0: right. Oh, that's okay. Oh, they're cheating men. Okay. So this is some kind of feminist fantasy horror film, is it? Why can't... Why isn't she killing all men? Why does it just have to be
1: cheating men? It stars Julia Roberts. No.
0: No. No. No, I know, I know, but how bad would that be?
1: The woman's lips, my God. Yeah actually the yeah the actress in this his lips are comparable um, now the reason I had to actually check this is um, because once you get past the first five minutes of the film where they actually say that that story completely falls by the wayside in favour of some lesbian black male story between the main character and her trainee nurse and the whole film is pretty much like young hot ladies in nurses outfits and those fake ones you find in sex shops usually Having fake women can do
0: yeah no no
1: get into an anime affair yeah. Um, yeah they're having an affair well one of them apparently kills men who have cheated on their wives and girlfriends uh, she doesn't actually do much of that it's just like them having some affair for some reason I'm not sure why but she gets obsessed with her and blah 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 uh, it's like one of those films which plays like a TV pilot rather than a standalone film uh, this is obviously some kind of sexy Dexter, except it's rubbish. No matter how many bums and muffs you put on display, it's uh, yeah. And like I said, the main character is just weird in terms of how she looks and her acting style.
0: Yeah, the this is uh, Paz de la Huerta. She's a peculiar looking woman. I don't mean that. In, I don't mean that in an offensive way. I'm not. I'm no oil painting, but um, you she's right
1: bed for farting. But yeah.
0: I don't even kick the dog out of the bed for farting.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> That's what that smell is. But if you watch it she's got this style where she, uh, where she talks which I think she's going for sexy but it's just irritating. <laughs> I wouldn't kick her out of bed for farting but I'd kick her out of bed for talking too much. <laughs> so Nurse 3D uh no just no it, it, not even in 2D
0: it sounds t- I, 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 I I'll go ahead I haven't seen it it sounds
1: awful um, it is one of those you sort of watching it, but trying to do a TV pilot or something here it just doesn't work
0: why the f- I have, again I haven't seen it but from what I'm hearing there is absolutely no need for a 3D movie of this it's not like Avatar where you know that kind of that that fits 3D like alien worlds things floating in gravity what could there possibly be in Nurse 3D that we didn't see in My Bloody Valentine 3D I mean that out of horror films that was the best 3D one because they had a guy throwing like a um, pickaxe towards the screen and then it, like it would come out of the screen what are you getting except for the occasional maybe again I haven't seen this like do you see needles like is there, is there any other I know you said you saw it 2D but are there are any bits in the film where she's like pointing a needle at the screen wait not really so not really any need for 3D 3D tits she's got a bit of a nose on her I suppose that might stick out on a... yeah
1: <laughs> so you can watch if you like 3D tits
0: if you like 3D tits there's 3D porn I've been told
1: <laughs> or yeah.
0: alternatively real tits or alternatively if you like tits you're listening to the best place to, to get the tits take totally me the same tape show
2: Welcome to All Saints. Today, you join the elite fraternity of healers known as the Nurses' Corps. <laughs> we are so lucky to have you. Abby, this is my boyfriend, Steve. Hi. Abby Russell. Wanna meet up later tonight? Just us girls?
1: <sighs> Any other films you've seen? because I've got one more apart from the main events
0: no I've I'm, I'm not I'm not really God, I, I, I think I, I'm, sadly I think I blew my load on this on the last episode of Milking It but I saw uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West for those that don't listen to the Milking It podcast and I'm sure there is quite a few of you uh, tits listeners that don't um, I saw the new Seth MacFarlane movie uh, knowing I was about to start working a lot I, I kind of got a few films in Um, it got some really really bad reviews and when I saw it um, I went in expecting a film that was going to try and be like Blazing Saddles it wasn't it was good on its own merits it had some great acting in it had some really funny jokes Um, I, I said this on the other show I'm not convinced that Seth MacFarlane is a leading man he's definitely a supporting actor or a voice actor but he doesn't have much presence when it comes to being a leading man Sarah Silverman was fantastic um as well, all the supporting cast are all, all really, really good, and um, Liam Neeson as the uh, as the big bad was very enjoyable. For way too long, um, well over two two hours. I think it was like two and a half hours. Um, I could have done with it being about forty minutes shorter. Um, it could have been wrapped up so much quicker. There's a there's a, a a thing at the moment for making comedies like over two hours long, and there's absolutely no need. Uh, the the Cornetto trilogy which is Shaun of the Dead um, Hot Fuzz and World's End all of those movies run at 2 hours 20 the worst example being Hot Fuzz Hot Fuzz could have ended three times um, and didn't uh, not that it's a bad movie I love that movie but yeah there's three times that that movie could have ended and didn't and just went on and on and on and uh, a million days to die a million ways to die in the West suffers from that same problem It could have ended a lot earlier a lot earlier, and the end resolution comes around too quickly. Apart from that, it's moustache tastic and uh, definitely worth a watch.
1: Is this a more suited to a half an hour? Do you reckon?
0: Yeah, he's a TV guy. I was gutted that they um, they cancelled Dads, which was his live action sitcom, his most recent one, which also starred uh, the gentleman from a Million Ways to Dad West, whose name I can't remember at all. Um, but he, yeah, definitely a half hour, forty minute guy and definitely a family guy
1: guy, as opposed to a movie guy I, it's like did, did you see Ted? no I think with Ted and this one I see the trailers and I think that's as funny as it's going to get then you watch the film and it's like it's got all the funny bits if you watch the Red Band trailer at least it's like you get to see every funny bit in the film With Ted, I watched the trailer.
0: That seems to be a major issue um, that the reviewers are saying that all the best jokes for A Million Ways to Die in the West were already seen in the trailer. Mm. There were a few extra surprises. They weren't all in the trailer, obviously. There was a lot of jokes that couldn't be mentioned in the uh, trailer, specifically revolving around Sarah Silverman's character, who is a good Christian who happens to be a prostitute. And she won't sleep with her husband before marriage. But she will take it in the ass from multiple cowboys throughout the day. But it's God's work. <laughs> but no, um, I think I think you'd like it. It's worth checking out once at least. Um, probably more so than Ted. Ted was all right. I liked Ted. I liked the majority of Ted. But again, it dragged. Oh, no, I don't think I'll be rushing to see Ted too.
2: It's the ice! Why
0: is it so big? So it doesn't
2: melt. It's actually really interesting how they do it. It's this one company out in Boston that... Ah! 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 That went south so fast! Ah!
1: Okay, Well, as the trifactor of shite I watched this week, I watched Miami Connection. And have you heard of this one at all? Because it is one of those... No. It's in the same vein as Troll 2 and The Room. And that it's so bad, it's good. No, I've not heard of this one. All right. It's um, it's famously, it was a film they made and it tanked originally. And a programmer at the Alamo Drafthouse picked up a copy of eBay for 50 quid, like just a print of it. And he screamed it and the word got around that it was one of those films that's so awful that people have to see it. So he owns the rights to it? Uh, No, he owns one of the prints for it. He just owns owns one of the prints. It's like a 35mm print Mm. that you can show, like, full production. And he got in touch with the guy who originally made it and said, like, can we show the film? And we'd like to do a regular screening of it. And the guy who made the film thought he was taking the piss and kept hanging up on him. Because he's like, he apparently got calls over the years of people asking about the film and he didn't want to speak to him because they thought they were joking. So, yeah, this is about a rock band called Dragon Sound who also as well as playing playing together they also live together and train in taekwondo together the relationship isn't really expanded sorry you, that much. you've already sold
0: me they're a kung fu rock band who live together yeah I, I will never doubt you again sir <laughs> after the magic of Jim Carter I cannot ever deny your recommendation when it comes to kung fu um <laughs> style yeah. movies
1: and this one, it, the relationship we've been, it really isn't expanded upon, apart from their Orpens, which is how they pronounce it. <laughs> Orpens, Orpens, and now Dragon Sounds are singled out by the Miami Ninjas after one of them starts dating, dating the main Ninja's sister. Is that a rival band or are they actual ninjas? They're actually ninjas, awesome, who ride motorbikes. So, Loads of really loud no, motorbikes, but the, the ninjas—the magical
0: stealth of the ninja. Yeah, ninja vanish.
1: And it starts off with a bungled drug deal where the Miami Ninjas steal loads of cocaine and money from ninjas moms. are
0: well known for their love of cocaine deals.
1: Yeah, and then it, it the rest of the film revolves around Dragon Sound and Miami Ninjas having fights. So the Miami Ninjas try and beat Dragon Sound up, but they can never quite beat them up. And that's it. It's just continually. <laughs> Try and they try and jump them at some point, and they get beat up, and they go back. Think of another plan, jump them again, get beaten up. <laughs> and while this is happening, there's like the it sounds plots. like a bad cartoon. Yeah, there's like a subplot where they're, um, they they're getting a spot on one of the club nights, and there are four musical numbers in this, they're like soft rock from the eighties, and they're kitted out and like their taekwondo gear, singing about being friends and kicking people and doing Taekwondo <laughs> sing about what you love kids sing about what you love yeah it was actually conceptualised by some guy on a talk show and there's a guy some someone YK Kim who's the star of the film he wrote it as well he was on there promoting Taekwondo and uh, the director started speaking to him and he conceptualised the whole idea of a film promoting Taekwondo the same way like Bruce Lee popularized kung fu so the whole concept of the film is made around that and they made some money made the film and it's really low budget none of the people know exactly what they're doing they don't know how to film it it's a total mess but it is just
0: a watchable mess it's
1: beautiful <laughs> it's so cheesy all the musical act uh, scenes are like that era personified can't say any nice, uh, many more nice things about this. It's just so brilliant. It's
0: so bad that it pushes its way past bad and yeah. stands on a
1: pedestal all of its own. Because a lot of the actors in it are actually students of YK Kim, the star. So they're like just taekwondo students brought in to do the film. And there's one scene which is, um, it's Henry Winkler and Adam Sandler heartbreaking where some guy tells about he's he'd never actually met his dad. And he starts crying. Okay. And, uh, yes. And the end, they buy him a suit when he gets to meet his dad. But before they get to meet his dad, he, he gets stabbed. Oh, no. By the my Ninjas, and they have to fight for his honour. And then they go around killing them all. <laughs> Excuse me, I need a minute. It, it's something you definitely have to check out. Yeah, no, it's um... I think they actually show it at the Prince Doll Cinema. Every so often. Okay. It's one of those films they the show because it's so bad, it's good. Um, yeah. For you I'm UK, UK titters
0: that's a cinema in London. That's right, titters I'm referring yeah, I like
1: that. Yeah, Bruce Joy Cinema is a cinema, it's much like the Alamo Draft House. They'll show stuff like The Room and Troll Two and stuff like Rocky Horror Picture Shows sing along, Sound of Music sing along. Oh god. They'll play yeah play give game. me a little shop of horror
0: sing along and I will be there I think they do that I would I would do that want
1: to give us a bit er uh, you can't sing if I put you on the spot I'd be singing along to different strokes earlier you didn't record that did fuck that's the intro
0: bollocks <laughs> I have a beautiful voice generally <laughs>
1: No, no, you're no, not getting we'll any Little shovel of, Shep of Shep Horrors. Oh,
0: no. Whoa, 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 whoa. If there are any uh, talent agents out there, right, I do sing.
1: Act. You're, you're,
0: you're upsetting
1: your fans here. They want to hear you sing some Little Shove Horrors. You're one big fan. Big. I've given you sunlight. I've given you dirt.
0: You've given me nothing. But heartache can hurt. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> That's your lot, people. You'll be a dentist. That's enough. Stop (laughs) it.
2: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have have a special special treat for you today. We have a a new house band with a new dimension dimension in rock and and roll. roll. We We have the the one, one, the only, Dragon Sound. Sound!
1: Okay, onto the main events. Feed me, <laughs>
2: hey, hey. Hey, hey. Padre. Can we possibly bear this cross? Yes.
0: the first film I'm going to talk about uh, this week as our main event is a black comedy all the way from Spain that's Espanol for you other fans it's a horror comedy and uh, of the blackest nature and that is from 1995 The Day of the Beast or to to our Spanish listeners El Dia de la Bestia I like doing that The Bestia yes Um, it stars a couple of people whose names I'm going to fuck up and try and pronounce but uh, it's um let me go uh Alex Agu- Agu- Aguila uh, Armando de-, de Raza uh Santiago Segura and Natalie uh, Nathalie Centina <clears throat> Yeah that'll do um it's basically about a priest who uh is a Roman Catholic priest a Roman Catholic priest and he has to dedicate at himself to committing as much sin as possible in the hopes that he can make a pact with the devil so he can be there for the birth of the Antichrist so he can kill it. He has worked out the day that the Antichrist will be born and um, he has to go around doing as much bad shit as possible. He's helped on his way um, by a uh, TV host who's um, it's like a, a fake psychic. Um, uh, in a similar vein to uh, Derek Acora from, uh, from oh, it's most real. It's real. apparently so yeah it's very real and a uh, and a uh, heavy metal fan um, who's into like satanic rock I, I loved this movie uh, I caught it by accident many years ago and uh, was completely sucked in by it um, it really well acted really funny um, and uh, just a really enjoyable little black comedy Without ruining too much, they do eventually, uh, they, w- with the aid of acid, they do eventually uh, get to meet uh, the devil himself. And um, yeah, I, I just think it's a crazy movie, some great action sequences, very, very funny, very, very European. Um, but yeah, if you like your kind of apocalyptic, near apocalyptic, um, satanic films, then this one is definitely one to check out. I know that you... you one of the first films we've actually sat and watched together, Mr. Peppers.
1: Yeah, I, I really liked it. Like you say, it's a black comedy, but it also goes to the slapstick side of things occasionally. Yeah. You the bit where he's chasing uh, the, was it Professor Cavan's girlfriend around the apartment, and it's just straight out of Benny Hill. She
0: falls down the stairs and manages to stay unconscious for like an hour. <laughs> Surely at that point you check for brain damage.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things which, there's a plot holes in it, but it's the humour and the style of it it remind me of was um, oh, it League of Gentlemen almost yeah well it's just the fake uh, TV prophet heavy metal guy they, they're just straight out of especially the first say like, 20 minutes where the priest is going around and just doing bad things it's just there's,
0: there's that brilliant scene where there's been a car accident and uh, the police grab him and they say you know this man's dying could you give him his last rights and he goes yeah 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 sure Goes up to the guy and goes, you hope you burn in hell. Takes his wallet and starts robbing him. (laughs) And you've got to remember, the priest doesn't want to do these things. He's fighting against his actual nature. I mean, the film opening is fantastic. Mm. The film opens with him discussing with another priest inside this church that he's discovered where the Antichrist is going to be born. And the two priests together, they go, yes, we've got to deal with this now. And one of the priests walks away and this huge stone cross that standing in the, in the church just falls on top of one of the priests, and you're just like, This is gonna be fun.
1: <laughs> that was one of the things I couldn't figure out though, because if that happened, they obviously to put that down to being like the devil knows they're onto them, or the devil knows what's going on. Yeah. So wouldn't he know that his whole thing's a ruse anyway? It's like he's doing it just to get in his favour, and it's like, well, I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that's never explained during the film, it's like, because I watched it again a couple of days ago um, there is those parts where it doesn't entirely make sense no you do figure it up to a certain extent but then it's like why is the Antichrist being born in Madrid that's never expanded on no
0: I think it, 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 as a Spanish film it would have to be set in Madrid why was Rosemary's Baby born in New York same question where yeah. would where, the, all right, where would you I know the Antichrist would be born in this country Essex. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, he's probably out there now. Robbing people and drinking huge.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's that. But then, they say with the help of acid, so you could actually say after that point where they invoked the devil, it could all be one massive acid trip. Mm. So what happens after that point is like it didn't actually happen. Because then you get to the ending of it spoilers yeah where they're in the
0: park you mean that
1: bit uh, where,
0: after they've saved the world and well, um, the, the bit
1: where they actually go to the birth of the Antichrist oh right
0: yeah they go to the construction of the
1: yeah Whatever the, yeah. what happens there doesn't entirely make sense
0: no in fact at one I, I get what you're saying because at one yeah. point when he actually kills the Antichrist I was like did he kill the Antichrist I didn't see that happen and he all, didn't
1: kill the Antichrist the anarchists do yeah and then you go, what just happened? Doesn't entirely make sense. And you I, think no, no, about
0: no. It. I disagree. I thought he did kill the Antichrist because when I back and thought about it, he shoots the two anarchists, and he, there's a third shot in the box. I think. No, I, I think, think he, he shoots Antichrist. I thought he did. Uh, no, the weapon.
1: anarchists uh, kill the Antichrist because there's a sub thing going on the f- story of the film where. Um, He's doing all these bad things, and then there's another group of people who go around Madrid, and they're setting fire to the homeless. They're, of... of... they're setting fire to the homeless, and the sign sort of clean up Madrid, or clean up Spain, whatever they say it. And they appear at the end of the film, and they shoot the Antichrist, but they're in league with Satan. Mm. So what why is the saying? Film... Yeah, what's, what's Satan doing? Killing his own? Son? And that's the thing. It's like you look in, you watch it the first time, it doesn't make sense, and then in the park, and it's like they're carrying on, and it's one of those. Um, man's inhumanity to man, that we are actually more evil than the Antichrist. There you go, man, the most dangerous and evil animal of them all. But that comes at the end of the film, which is like a black comedy. It doesn't entirely sit well, and you have to sort of think about it a bit more. Because I say I watched it twice in a couple of weeks and it didn't make sense, and you can't think about it so they did that it means that humans are worse than any evil you can possibly think of
0: kind of are though
1: but then it could have been a big acid trip anyway
0: yeah I see
1: that yeah because certain things didn't make sense there is the bit where they're up the building and the heavy metal guy just randomly goes off on one is that again acid trip? mm mm-hmm. So then, it it could have just all been one big. Ass. But I
0: did love it when he's about to he's getting he's he's about to get killed by Satan. and He just starts mocking, <laughs> laughing. He probably gives him the finger before he dies as well.
1: Yeah, I, I like the special effects in it actually. The, the um, it's like those early nineties when It's not was it green screen? It's not green screen. It just looks really weird.
0: Yeah, it's got a really cool feel to it. Yeah. No, I know exactly. What you mean. I mean, I I genuinely like this film though. as I said, I saw it like. Maybe in the early two thousands, like a few years after it came out, and um, I just remember being blown away by it. It was one of those situations where you you're, you're about to go to bed and you put something on the TV, and then suddenly you realise, "Oh my god, this is great! I've got to watch the whole fucking thing now."
1: Yeah, it's actually like twenty twenty years old now. Um, it made practically no money whatsoever, but it won most of Spain's Oscars that year. Yeah, the Goya Awards. Mm.
0: But the, the the guy that directed it has gone on to be a producer for Guillermo de Toro and he's worked on Pan's Labyrinth and stuff like that. So, I mean, there is, hmm. there is lineage to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a really good film. It really rated in the uh, Spanish Oscar thing. Mm. Uh, that part of the world is probably big. In America, it didn't do it much. Did. It did dick all.
0: If I hadn't seen it on TV randomly one night, I wouldn't even
1: know it existed. Yeah. And that is a real shame. Yeah, there's so much fantastic stuff out there you don't see because it doesn't get made. I, I don't
0: get people that won't watch a film because of subtitles. I always I used to get really cross at that. I used to, you've got to see this film; it's amazing. Oh, it's in French. It's a French film. If you want everything dubbed, the funny thing, dubbing can ruin so much. I, probably, I don't know whether I mentioned this. But one of my favourite like films when I was when I was younger was a kung fu film called The Prodigal Son. And if you watch it dubbed, it's a very camp comedy and the guys are actually putting on that like kind of stereotypical what they would have thought gay voices if you watch it without dubbing in the subtitles it's a serious film about a guy wanting to defend his family's honour and that kind of thing they are two different movies it's dubbing dubbing can ruin a
1: perfectly good thing there's a whole thing about it got like the studio Ghibli films they get dubbed in America because they had but they have the original license they? wasn't it the original license was someone else and they dubbed them and then Disney bought the rights to it and they redid them with Disney celebrities Disney bought
0: Princess Mononoke because it was the biggest grossing like, animated film over in Japan
1: yeah and they did uh, they changed all the dubbing around on it mm. so they got celebrities in to do the films now and uh, what was it what's the what was the one they did with The Borrowers they did The Borrowers essentially the story the little people
0: Mm. No, no, I uh, remember, I remember yeah. The Borrowers because there was a terrible film version with uh, John Goodman. <laughs> oh,
1: forgot about that one. But yeah, it's the Ghibli version of that, and the dubbing on that, one of the characters is so shy, so awful, it kills the film. It's, it's like monotone delivery. It's, it's like, like if the I Jar did... Jar
0: Binks of The Borrowers.
1: Um, not. No, because that would have been quite funny. It's like if I did dubbing for a film. <laughs> my acting range it's like monotone delivery no emotion
0: <laughs> whereas I have treaded the borders of thespian on many fine
1: occasions I think you find T.R. a very boring voice <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they, they yeah definitely helps if you um, watch a film oh. like the original subtitles rather than dubbing uh, but that kills a lot of films mm. yeah so this film I, mean, I don't think it released really over at all on DVD
0: I've've ne- I don't think I've ever seen it on DVD I, I had it I reg- I was I didn't even record it when it was on back in the kind of early 2000s I literally managed to catch up with this film a few like a month ago before we um before we watched it and as soon as I saw the title I was like yes I know this movie it's Spanish it's brilliant like I must have it like as soon as it came up I had to have it I had to have it
1: Let's try and track that. He films now as well. He well, did a few more.
0: Yeah, there was a couple more comedies. I actually did do a bit of reading um, with some of the with, the, with the, some of the similar cast. But in all honesty, I really think *Day of the Beast* and *The Beast yeah. there is 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 just. It's muy bueno. It's muy bueno. It's totally insane. Day for sure. movies, movies, movies.
2: I don't need this.
0: Are you tired of the
2: same old routine?
0: My wife, my Busting bitch.
2: your hump and getting nowhere?
0: This just ain't my day.
2: The boss, is he always on your back? The nice my ass belongs in your chair, not in your lap, which is where you keep trying to put it. You got The wife, you know, and the kids. Is that right? They never listen. I hate to see him pissing his life away in right, i goddamn um... Right,
0: my giant... I uh, recommended you another movie last week uh, that I described as a melty movie, if you remember. Uh, that was a 1987 movie, Street Trash. Now, what genre would you put this under? It's quite funny in parts. It's quite nasty in parts. It's a little bit rapey in parts. It's quite disgusting in parts. It's fairly horrific in parts. But again, it's mostly funny in parts. Um, Street Trash is about... What the fuck is Street Trash about? Let's, let's get into this. Um, a guy in a liquor store finds a cheap case of booze hidden behind a wall in his shop and decides to sell it cheap to homeless guys Uh, it's obviously very old it's gone bad and uh, all the local homeless guys buy it and drink it unfortunately for them when they do drink it their bodies melt in kind of a multicoloured explosion of nastiness Um, this is a weird ass movie So yeah, the drink Viper uh, makes anyone that drinks it melt, Um, and he's kind of got. That's kind of like the framing device around a couple of different stories. There's um, there's a cop uh, trying to get to the bottom of the death. Um, There's a deranged Vietnam veteran um, who's going around just killing everybody, and he meets his demise in fucking spectacular fashion. Uh, There's also a game of piggy in the middle with a severed penis so plenty to go on uh, with street trash I, it, it's not really about anything it just appears to be a series of nasty scenes of people melting people's genitals falling off and, uh, and, and, and the aforementioned rape uh, scene so Dean, you, you saw this movie of course
1: yes, yes I did
0: um, ironically, the only fact I'll give about the film before we actually talk about it is uh, Brian Singer worked in this movie as a grip Brian Singer obviously uh, went on to make the X Men movies, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about Brian Singer. I I, I I I like those X Men movies.
1: I was going to go all Jeffrey Jones us.
0: Yes, there is the Jeffrey Jones uh, kind of Ralph Harris yeah. situation with Brian Singer, but yeah, that's, that's alleged. We're not. Gonna yeah, yeah. It. yeah okay. Clarification: um, That's alleged.
1: Yeah. So. Um, first night I made in this film is 35 minutes. 35 minutes into it character asks what the hell is going on I wish someone would tell me I have no idea what was going on it is just a mess it is just a mess as I said it's a multi-movie it's it's not even that it's just that the characters are introduced every five minutes they have no direction or motivation Um, some of them disappear then come back and then they die for no reason other than just to die the main b- bad guy, I guess, is the homeless ex Vietnam vet. Yeah, the crazy guy. He rules the scrapyard, which is taken over by street trash, and the the good guys are another. There's a good guy,s like another scruffy homeless guy. But then, at some point in the film, he takes to go off to have sex with her without her knowing who he is, which essentially is rape. So the good guy is a guy who rapes someone, which leads to the gang rape scene. Which I hear you have a very funny story about. Oh, it's hilarious. No, listen, we're not. We're
0: not. Like all jokes aside, we, we're not. That doub- rape is. It, it's. It's not nice. Um. It. It's. It's a horrible thing to happen. So. So in with that with, 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 No, no, no. But with, with that, with that in mind, if you were casting a movie, and um, you pick an actress to do a, a scene where, unfortunately, there is a, a gang rape. You you check the background of the actress, right? Yeah, yeah. They managed to pick a rape victim who was an actress. Uh, she was unfortunately raped in real life before the making this film, and they put her in this in this gang rape scene, which unfortunately set off psychological problems for her because it kind of brought back all those horrible memories. So they had to do this thing in one take um, because she couldn't hack the, the, the whole thing. What kind of idiot director doesn't check facts like that? It, it just yeah. although. The, it, uh,
1: and just about this in this film is like it's completely out of place. It's like this half comedy, half horror, but it's still on the side of comedy. Mm. I mean, even the severed penis pig in the middle bit it's like like completely for laughs. Yeah. you got penis flying through the air. Oh, it's all funny. All funny. All funny. Uh, and then a rape scene. <laughs> bit but of even, a downer.
0: But even the end of the movie. I mean we'll skip ahead to the end That The guy The evil guy that runs the scrapyard Becomes like some kind of Muscly monster thing And um, He's he's like super powered Is what I mean mm. And uh, he gets Blown up By a um, What's it called A tank uh, Gas can like, Gas can And it just explodes Everywhere
1: And I mean everywhere But
0: then it kind of cuts to this Italian guy Another sub- yeah, the mob lot.
1: guy who was it? The mob guy who's seen as the bad guy, interrogated by the police for being a bad guy, but he's actually the boyfriend of the woman who got raped, and he wants revenge on people who raped his girlfriend. So, so technically, like he's, he's a good guy. That's the whole thing. Is like the good guy they've been putting over as like the comedy homeless scruffy guy, rapes a woman. The bad guy, the mobster who turns up half an hour, forty-five minutes into the film, is. Seeking revenge for his raped girlfriend, who seen as the bad guy. And you've got the police officer who's investigating the homeless people who are blowing up and melting all over the place. And he's treating the guy like a bad guy. So he's the good guy who's the bad guy. Who's It makes no sense.
0: Notice I haven't mentioned any of the cast, by the way. That's because it's not worth mentioning any of the cast. Nobody has nobody in it has done anything of interest. So um Yeah. Now,
1: this film actually made me feel ill. And this is before any of the like severed penis rape scenes. It just looked disgusting. Everyone looked like they rolled in crap. And it has that uh, just dirty feel to it.
0: Yeah, you definitely need a shower after watching this one. Yeah. I mean oh. the, the, the guy that wrote the screenplay in an interview he said I wrote it to democratically democratic, excuse me democratically offend every group on the planet and as a result the youth market embraced it as a renegade work it, it is kind of popular it's been re-released as a blu-ray it's been re-released on DVD there's a resurgence of popularity for these body horrors however I can't in all good faith recommend I think this movie is more
1: shits than tits yeah it, it, they it's like they went out to, sell to make the grossest movie ever made and they succeeded because we watched solo a couple of weeks back I can't remember which podcast that was and that's a film where they eat shit and it was still better that, than that, street that didn't make me feel as ill as this film no and that was before anything bad and
0: I mean the scene where the guy the, the first body melt you see um, it's a guy and he's sitting on a toilet out outdoors in like an abandoned building that sort of down and basically sits on the toilet and slowly melts but as he melts it's like reds and greens and blues and purples and, and neon colours and squaring everywhere And it just makes no sense not mo- but not that all movies have to make sense but this one especially did yeah. not make any sense I
1: mean those scenes are really impressive special effects wise I mean that's kind of what you, YouTube is invented for really I yeah. mean, you can look at those scenes and go, oh, that's really good that's really impressive watching the film it made no sense there was like scenes in it which were um, they Black guy who was walking around the supermarket stealing stuff, mm. and that, that went on for about 10 minutes and it went nowhere. It meant nothing.
0: I think I'm more surprised that a screenplay was written or that one existed uh, <laughs> to be offensive.
1: Yeah, there wasn't really a script. It's like, go in there and do this. So I wouldn't recommend it, no. No, I think. So check on YouTube and check out the death scenes.
0: Yeah, I think that is probably the best thing you can do um, is just check out the death scenes and maybe the end song as well, which kind of uh, was sung by the uh, by the by the Italian character who was whose girlfriend was the one that got raped. And one so more so thing, no what you
2: guys look at me when I talk to you? I'm looking at you. Right? you My girlfriend's me. smell is what brought the fucking bum over, I huh? You misunderstood what I was saying. I, I I said she stinks, but I mean she stinks of
0: beauty. She wasn't a nice lady when she was alive, you know. But, uh,
2: mm-hmm. you know I don't know you, you fucking catsucker. Dirt i dirty. I'm this fucking idea. thing.
1: I get you with the king. You this, know, what has I
0: mean? a, this has been a very dodgy episode of the Totally Insane Tape
1: Show. This well, it the pedo special?
0: Yeah. We'll the not... special? Yeah. We, let's not name it that. Let, let the listener discover that. <laughs> uh, we'll call it the Sunshines and Smiles
1: special. I think we might be in the rough Tara's category if we name it that.
0: Yeah.
1: Investigate.
0: Again, and I can't, I can't, I can't deal with another. No. Um, anyway.
1: do got on nice forms. Phone call about you earlier. Operation U. Boo tree, we've done Boo this me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never get me. Alright, so for next week, we need something happier. Something that gives us hope. Something that fills everyone with joy. Cordy Shaw films. Yeah, let's go. As voted by people on the Totally Insane Tape Show Facebook page. You're all
0: bastards who
1: even <laughs> recommend.
0: Yes, next week we'll be reviewing classics such as Inshino Man, also known as California Man in Europe, because obviously we're not familiar with the place in Sino. Biodome.
1: Biodome Love. Yeah. I can say that now. Love that Whoa, film. whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Don't get Too much of do, do do.
1: Yeah, I love that film. I hadn't actually watched California man dude which is a sad admission
0: save for the podcast <laughs> it's the phrase that keeps giving save for the podcast guys we're going to do a Paulie Shaw buddy special so um, get ready to release the weasel because uh, Paulie Shaw is coming to the Talking Insane show next week not the actual dude we don't actually want him on the show stay away from our show Paulie but we will review movies
1: I like him save for You're a lovely man. Don't do a weasel noise. Just working on my tannage,
0: buddy. See ya. See ya.
2: Kiss my ring,
0: hey. Do the right thing.
2: Shut your face, you little scumbag. Listen good. I'll tell you one thing, kid. You're gonna be sleeping with the
0: fish, you little fuck. And this ain't no gag. I'm kind of starting to think that Paris Buda was really lucky that he had that day off.
2: (laughs) 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 Make a (laughs) drumroll.